Uh, and this morning, I want us to really hone in on the ministry of angels. As we continue our study on the ministry of angels this morning, we're going to see some very sobering and challenging things in God's Word regarding angels. Everybody say sobering, challenging. How many wants, how many wants to be challenged? Amen. You will never be changed until you are first challenged. Exactly. I want to forewarn you, though, that there are some things that you're going to hear today that is going to be contrary to some of the things you may have heard about God and about His angels. Everybody say, Heavenly Father, whatever you say in your word, I believe it. And see, that's what we come. I want, I want you to take notes this morning and study God's word for yourself so that you will not be deceived and judged with the world. How many knows that many in our world are being deceived every day? And, and, and the reason, and they're being deceived because they don't know the truth. John, John's gospel, chapter 8, verses 31 and 32 says, Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him. Everybody said, we believe on you, Jesus. And he said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And he tells us in John 17, 17, that God's word is truth. Everybody say, God's word is truth. And see, truth overcomes facts every day. It may be a fact that somebody said this. It may be a fact you're dealing with this. But if God's Word says something different than what you're going through, God's Word trumps it. Amen? Praise the Lord. It coming and going every time. God's Word is supreme. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, if you would look with me also in Scripture. Because God tells us to study. Everybody say study. Look at somebody else and say study. See, study is not a bad word. Study is a good word. Because Hosea 4, 6 tells us my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. What you don't know can't hurt you. Amen? And so study to show, this is in the King James, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You see, if we can rightly divide the word of truth, guess what? We can wrongly divide the word of truth, can't we? Amen? Everybody say, if the word of God can be rightly divided, then it can also be wrongly divided. Amen? And that's why, and you know, and, and we have got to study ourselves because, listen, because we are going to stand before God face to face. Amen? And we are going to give an account of our own lives, we are going to give an account of our own actions. And listen, if we are going to be judged according to this book, see, life, everybody say life, is an open book test. Open it up, you'll pass the test. Amen. I mean, study what he says. And, and you know, if you ever want, if you ever don't know what to, what to read, just read the red and do what he said. Right? Just read the red and do what he said. I mean, just break it, break it over to the New Testament, start reading and doing. And uh, we must study the Bible because there's a lot of well-meaning people that have very wrong ideas when it comes to God and His angels. How many knows there's a lot of well-meaning people that can tell you a lot of wrong things? Right? And you, know, and, and you don't just take anything at surface level. Would you make an investment at surface level? Well, everybody said that's what I'm supposed to invest in, so I just send all my money over there. Give me a break. You'd be broke. Right? You need to what? You need to study. You need to study what's this all about. What, what, what's required of me? How am I going to stay in step with this? And that's the same way we need to do with the Word of God. We need to study God's Word to do it. Everybody say, we study God's Word to do God's Word. See, that's the whole purpose. Some people think that, <laughs> you know, when angels, I'm just going to make a little joke here, but some people think that uh, whenever angels, they become angels, if they've been real good after they die. But in truth, angels are created beings. And we don't become angels after we die. How many's ever heard of somebody, oh, they're just, God needed some more angels. And so he just let this, they were so precious. No, they don't become angels. Angels are created beings. How many remembers the movie, It's a Wonderful Life? <laughs> Clarence, he was working hard to get his wings, wasn't he? Y'all remember that? Clarence was working, boy, he was working hard to get his wings. And every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. I, it's not true, okay? <laughs> this is not true. 
Anyways, but a lot of people have misconceptions about who God is and who the angels are. That's why we're having this series. Psalm chapter 103, verse 20. As you're turning there, Psalm 103 and verse 20, because see, in the, in the first coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, remember, He was born on this earth. Angels were very active. How many remembers that? Angels going to Zechariah, visiting him, saying, Elizabeth's going to have a son, and you'll call his name John. There was an angel, Gabriel, that came to Mary and said, listen, listen, you've been highly favored among women. Wherefore, th- th- therefore, that which is born of you shall be called holy. All right, in God, his name shall be called Jesus. Listen, there's so many angels in activity right now today. But see, many of us, what you don't know, you don't use. Amen? You may, because if you don't know what you have, you won't use what you have. If you don't believe for what God has already provided you, you won't receive what God has already provided. Did somebody, did an angel just get his wings? Anyways. But uh, Psalm chapter 103, verse 20, let's look at it. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Angels, angels were created to bless the Lord. How many knows what's going on in heaven right now today? Angels are worshiping around the throne of God. The book of uh, Revelation chapter 4, it says that every time they circle the throne, they say, holy, holy, holy is the Lamb of God. Amen. Holy, holy, holy. And so they they were created to bless the Lord. And they excel in strength. You remember whenever the angel rolled the stone away. We talked about that on Easter. The angel rolled the stone away and sat on it. Angels are intimidating beings because every time an angel makes an appearance, first thing he says is, fear not. (laughs) I know I look scary, but I'm here to help you as long as you're on his side. Everybody said we want to be on the Lord's side because they excel in strength and they do God's commandments. Whatever God says, that's what angels do. Amen? Hearkening. To the voice of his word. I mean, they hearken. They get busy to do the word of the Lord. You're probably wondering, well, when were angels created? I'm so glad you asked. Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. We want to see some things because, see, whenever we know the truth, the truth makes us free. We're able to access what God says. Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. It says, God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 1, the very next verse. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. Everybody say man was made on the sixth day. He created us on the sixth day, right? And and then, and all the host, everybody say the host. Now, see, sometimes we'll just read right past that. Guess what that word host is? Exactly. And behold, there was a heavenly host who began singing, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill to men. Amen? See, there was a heavenly host. See, they were created by God. We can see according to the Bible that God, and that word God is Elohim. El meaning God in the Hebrew. Elohim being the plurality of God, showing the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Created angels. He created the hosts. And on the same day, He created man. In Genesis chapter 1, well, we see this. He said that, that He created man, and then He said it was very good, and then He also created the heavenly hosts. How many wants to just jump into what this host is real quick? In the Hebrew, it's, it's Saba. Everybody say Saba. The T's silent. It's a T-S-A-B-A, Saba. And so hosts means an army, a war, a warfare, a host. And, and it talks on it, a host used of angels. He is the Lord of hosts. Amen. He's the Lord of the angel army, which means the Lord of hosts. Amen. Everybody say the Lord has an angel army that he created 
for us. Mm. How many knows that the angels of the Lord encamp round about them that fear him? To keep them. So every one of us have an angel. Amen? At least one. Praise the Lord. And now see, what are they there for? They're there to minister to us. Amen? They're there to bless us. They're there, they're there to fulfill and to bring God's word into fruition. It means a war, a warfare, a service. To go out to war, service. And in Matthew Henry, he's a commentator. He said that the creatures made both heaven and earth are the hosts or the armies of them which denote them to be numerous but marshaled. Everybody say there's an innumerable amount of angels. Oh, there's so many. You can't even count them all. There's so many angels. But yet also they're marshaled, disciplined, and under command. How great is the sum of them. Listen, folks, the more we study about God and His Word and all that He has given to us, all that He has done for us, it just makes us want to follow Him, obey Him, love Him, serve Him more and more. Amen? Because God, I mean, He thought about everything. I mean, don't you think He was thinking when He put your nose where it is in your... Anyways. Huh? Aren't you glad your nose is where it is and not somewhere else? God, He, he does everything decently and in order. He thought of everything. Amen? And so we need to, whatever God says, all we have to do is do it. Amen? And so, uh, but he says that the angels, God uses them as his host for the defense. Everybody said to defend me. And of his people. For, and also from destruction, for the destruction of his enemies. Everybody say the angels defend what is of God and destroy what is an enemy of God. Amen? That's what angels do. They defend that which is of God, and they destroy the enemies of God. We're going to see that. And the term Lord of hosts was first mentioned in regards to Eli and his son. Turn with me to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 3. 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 3 says, This man went up from his, his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice the Lord of hosts. That was the first time the Lord of hosts was used in Scripture, okay? The Lord of the angel armies. This man went up from his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And also the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. Okay, there was this one man that was going up to worship the Lord of hosts, and it says Eli and Hophni Wait a minute, the sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas, the priests, were there. Can I dig into that just a second? See, the, the father of Samuel, he went up to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts. How many would like this to be of your testimony? Also, the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. Were they worshiping and sacrificing unto the Lord? They were just there. They were there. Let's keep reading. Let's look down at 1 Samuel chapter 4, just in the next, uh, uh, just a few chapters down. 1 Samuel chapter 4, and verses 1 through 11, it says, Now Israel went out to battle against the Philistines and encamped beside Ebenezer, and the Philistines encamped by Aphek. Then the Philistines put themselves in battle array against Israel. Just so that you'll understand, Philistines, the Hivites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, all these ites and Philistines in Scripture in the Old Testament, there's a purpose for that, okay? Those, everybody say all the ites outside of the Israelites were enemies of God. See, the Philistines were enemies of God, the Hivites, the, the Canaanites, the Jebusites, all, they were all enemies of God. They were encamped. Now Israel went out to battle against the Philistines and encamped beside Ebenezer. The Philistines encamped at Aphek. Then the Philistines put themselves in battle array against Israel. And when they joined battle, Israel was what? Defeated by the Philistines who killed about 4,000 men of the army 
in the field. And when the people had come into the camp, the elders of Israel says, Why has the Lord defeated us today before the Philistines? Let us bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord from Shiloh to us, that when it comes among us, it may save us from the hand of our enemies. The Ark of the Covenant represents the presence of God, the person of God, the power of God. Verse 4. So the people went to Shiloh that they may bring from there the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of what? Hosts. Who dwells between the cherubim. Those are angels. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. Verse 5. When the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted loudly that the earth shook. Now when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, what does the sound of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews mean? Then they understood that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp, so the Philistines were afraid. They said, God has come into the camp. And they said, woe for us, for such a thing has never happened before. Woe to us, who will deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods. These are the gods who struck the Egyptians with the plagues and with the Israel. Be strong and conduct, the Philistines are saying, be strong and conduct yourselves like men, you Philistines, that you do not become servants of the Hebrews as they have been to you. Conduct yourself like men and fight. Verse 10. So the Philistines fought and Israel was what? Defeated. This is not supposed to happen, is it? The ark of God, the presence of God came into the camp. They all got excited. And boy, they were like, yes. Who was carrying the ark? There was two sons that were with the ark. Hophni and Phinehas. Y'all remember those two guys? Who weren't worshiping, who weren't sacrificing, who weren't doing what God said. Check this out. See, it matters. Everybody say, it matters what we do and how we handle God in our lives. It will either either determine your defeat or victory. Are you with me? There's a message that's just plaguing the body of Christ right now that says it doesn't matter what you do. Grace wins every time. You can just do whatever you want to. God's got you covered. He already knew you was going to do that before the very foundation of the world, and he's, he's already got you covered. Grace wins every time. Listen, grace wins every time that you may become a child of God. For it is by grace that you are saved through faith. Amen. It's a gift. Not, that, not of works lest any man should boast. Listen, but shall we continue in sin so that grace may abound? The Bible says, God forbid. In other words, absolutely not. See, these children of God were supposed to be obeying God, and every time they obeyed God and carried the presence of God into any place, there was certain victory. I mean, the Jericho walls went down flat. The the God of the angel armies was able to do whatever he wanted to do, how he wanted to do it whenever God's people were obeying what he said to do. Are you with me here this morning? Everybody say it's time for the body of Christ to know the truth and let the truth make them free. I mean, a lot of people say, you put me under the law, you put me under bondage. No, I'm letting you not frustrate the grace of God. How many knows we can frustrate the grace of God? Yes, we can. Okay, verse 10. So the Philistines fought and Israel was defeated and every man fled to his tent. There was a great slaughter. There are entirely too many people being taken out by the enemy. And let me tell you, it's not because the devil is all-powerful. It's because the church is asleep at the wheel. Letting whatever go on in their lives go on in their lives and say, God got my back. No, he doesn't if you're not walking with him. And I'm tired of seeing people taken out. Amen? Because the devil has no right. Jesus has brought him to naught. He has triumphed over him openly, made a show of him openly. The devil is defeated. 
Amen. And he has no victory over the people of God. But we cannot give him place. How do you give him place? By not doing what God says. Whenever we walk in willful sin, after that we have received eternal life. He says we are crucifying the Lord of glory afresh and making his blood of no effect. You don't hear that in churches today. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But whenever we continue to walk in willful sin after, we're going to see it in just a minute. It's in Hebrews. That's New Testament. Everybody said that is New Testament. That's the New Testament. Okay, and it's time. See, whenever Jesus started getting down to the brass tacks, everybody started hitting the bushes. Man, they started leaving. In John 6, 66, isn't that pretty ironic? John 6, 66, whenever he began to say, listen, if you don't eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you don't have any part of me. He said from that time forward, many began to walk away from him. Do you know whenever he walked to the cross, he, he pretty much walked alone. There was 12 and some of them were jumping ship. Huh? The Bible, listen, we need to know our God. We need to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We need to do what he says and not be deceived by the enemy. I'm sorry this is not a feel-good service, but it'll make you do good and it'll cause good things to be released on you. Amen? Praise the Lord. Whew. He says, there was a very great slaughter and there fell, 30, there fell of Israel 30,000 foot soldiers. Also, the ark of God was captured and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, what? Died. I thought the presence of God would defeat our enemies every time. Why didn't the presence of God defeat the enemies of Israel that time? Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 2. We'll see why. We'll see what, because those that was carrying God out into battle, well, glory to God, we'll just lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Glory to God, we'll just cast out devils in the name of Jesus and they'll have to drop. We'll just say, my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. God is my healer. He is my salvation. He is my deliverer. Listen, a lot of folks are carrying Jesus out into battle, but they haven't been consecrated unto him in the private. Are you hearing me? Because if you're not consecrated unto him in private, you can't carry out his power openly. It, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And whenever you stand against the enemy, and how many knows the enemy's coming? There is no question whether or not. The Bible says when, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises a standard against him. It's not when, it's not if, it's when. When the storms of life come. When the winds blow. Right? How many of those hard times hit every one of us? But see, only those who are standing on the rock of God's word can withstand the storm and still be standing after it's gone. And say, that's all you got? That's all you got? Come on with it. That's all you got? My God. My God is awesome. My God is mighty. My God is faithful. Now see, he'll remain faithful to you as you remain faithful to him. Amen? It's hard to have faith whenever you're not faithful. It's hard to have boldness and confidence in the face of adversity whenever there's been compromise and sin. You understand? Everybody said we're raising up a generation around here that do know their God, who are strong, and who are doing exploits. That's, that's Daniel chapter 11 and verse 32. Let's look in 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 12. Now the sons of Eli were what? Corrupt. They did not know the Lord. Remember, the Bible says that whenever Jesus stands before his people, many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out devils in your name? Have we not done wonderful works in your name? And Jesus said he will look at them and say, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. It doesn't matter what you do. Does he own you? Does he own you? Everybody say, I'm owned. I am owned. I mean, I've been bought with a price. I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price. I'm not going to live any way I want to live. I'm not going to do anything I want to do because I am God's property. And I'm not going to take his property and defy his name with. Amen? There's a difference in sinning and walking in sin. 
If you continue, everybody say continue. There's a difference in habitual sin and continual sin and sinning. Bible says if we say that we sin not, we lie. Right? <laughs> and truth is not in us. But there's a difference between sin and that slipping and walking in sin. That's continuing. That's living. Living in sin. Okay? First Samuel 2.12 says, Now the sons of Eli were corrupt, and they did not know the Lord. Did it affect just them? My gracious. 30,000 dropped? How many knows what you do in your life affects people around your life? 34,000. He says in verse 13, And the priest's custom with the people was that when any man offered a sacrifice, the priest's servant would come in with a, three, uh, with a three-pronged flesh hook in his hand while the meat was boiling. Verse 14. Then he would thrust it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot and the priest would take for himself all that the flesh hook, flesh hook brought up. So they, did in the, so they did in Shiloh to all the Israelites who came there. Verse 15. Also before they burned the fat, the priest's servants would come and say to the man who sacrificed, give, give meat for roasting to the priests for he, will, for he will not take bold meat from you but raw. Verse 16. And if the man said they should really burn the fat first, then you may take as much as your heart desires. He would then answer him, No, but you must give it now. And if not, I will take it by force. Who's t Eli's boys. Let me paint a picture. I know it's sort of wordy here. Eli's boys, Hophni and Phinehas, who were corrupt, worthless men. They would go in, and whenever people would come to worship God, they would just sort of take everything they wanted from them. Act as if, act as if they deserved it. That's mine. In verse, they would take it by force. Verse 17, therefore, the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord. For men, people who came to church, abhorred the offering of the Lord. They were coming in to obey God. But these sinful guys in the church, priests, people in leadership, are you seeing behind the scenes now? Let me show you just a little clearer. Let's go down just a little bit more to verse 22. Second, 1 Samuel 2, 22. Now Eli was very old. And he heard everything his sons did to all Israel and how they would lay with the women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Do you get a picture of who these guys were? They were acting all holier than thou. Come on, bring your offerings. Bring your offerings. Bring your, come, come, let me, I'm just going to take, just, just give me that. Just. And then, Every time a woman would come in, they wanted to have sex with. They would lay with them. Is, is that what the Bible says? And how they lay with the women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. So he said to them, why? This is the dad saying to the boys, why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings from all the people. No, my sons. For it is not good, it is not a good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people transgress. If one man sins against another, God will judge him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? Nevertheless, they did not heed the voice of their father because the Lord desired to kill them. You think God takes it pretty serious about His house, about our lives, about how we treat people? Do you, do you think this sounds pretty serious? It, it was abhorring to God. Whew. 
God takes sin from those who are His people. Everybody say those who are His people. Now see, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. I mean, God is long-suffering, not that any perish, but all receive eternal life. But listen, folks, God's kids need to live a little differently. If you're here this morning and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God wants to give you eternal life through His Son, Jesus Christ. If you are here this morning and you have given your life to Jesus Christ, He wants it all. He wants it all. Amen? Because, listen, He said, he said uh, Why do you call me Lord, Lord? And do not those things which I say. That's Jesus. Amen? Everybody say, if we call Jesus our Lord, it is our responsibility to do and to live as he says. When I don't, I frustrate the grace of God. Can you handle just a little bit more? I'm so glad you're here. Aren't you glad that you're hearing the truth now? Amen? Because, listen, we're going to be judged according to this word. We need to go ahead and live it. Amen? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Hebrews 10, 19. Therefore, brethren. Everybody say brethren. means Christians. Brethren and sisters, if you will. Those who are in Christ, those who have received so great a salvation. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. That's what God wants us to do as His children, is to enter boldly into His presence, into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and a living way which He consecrated for us through the veil that is His flesh, Jesus' flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. What day? The day of the Lord's return. And it's coming near. Amen. Verse 26. This is what I'm talking about. For if we what? Now who's he talking to here? He's talking to, everybody says he's talking to Christians. He says, for if we sin, what? Willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth. Is this the New Testament? He says, for if we sin willfully, after we receive the knowledge of the truth. In other words, we know what's right. We know what's wrong. We know what God says is right. We know what God says is wrong. If we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful, expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour our, the adversaries. The adversaries are those who are coming against God's Word, God's will. Is anybody still? Okay, verse 28. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses of how much worse punishment now is this what the church is saying today the church is saying don't put me under the law bless God I'm under grace I'm under grace grace wins every time glory to God I'm under grace don't give me that law business don't try to tell me what to do don't try to control me I, 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 I God knows I love him I saw I saw a paste uh, a paste a post the other day on Facebook that this God was that this guy was crying out from hell God you know my heart God knows my heart. Is that why Jesus said for those who said, Lord, Lord, we call you Lord. He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? 
This message is not how to win friends and influence people. This is not a seeker-friendly message. Amen? This is not one that, that, that causes you to have all these goosebumps and wonderful feelings on your way out. But folks, if you do this, it'll make your life wonderful. Amen? It'll cause you to have joy unspeakable, full of glory. It'll cause the anointing of God to show up every time. Amen? It'll cause God to defeat all of your enemies, and you won't ever be destroyed. Amen? How many want some of that? That's what I'm talking about. Verse 29. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified, a common thing, and what? Insulted the Spirit of grace. Do you think it matters how we live, folks? Amen? Do you think you can, you can do whatever you want, watch whatever you want, do whatever you want, and, and think God's got it covered? God loves me. He knows my heart. God loves me. He knows my heart. He said, faith without works is dead. Being alone. See, Finhaus and or Hoff and I were, were showing up in the house of God every Sunday. They were showing up in the house of God every Wednesday. They were showing up in the house of God every time there was worship being given. But you know what? They were just there. They weren't worshiping. Well, glory to God. No, we lift our hands. We praise Him. No. Worship means to submit yourself to His Lordship. Amen? In everything. He said, well, let's keep going. Verse 30. For we know Him who said, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge who? His people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Who was this written to? The church. It's amazing what we can do when we realize the consequences that are tied to our decisions. It's amazing what we can stop doing. Well, I just can't stop doing this, Pastor. I'm addicted to pornography and I just can't get I just can't stop it. I've tried and I just can't stop it. If that if you realize that that pornography is going to send you to hell. Hello? Is it worth it? Jesus said, "Listen, I would rather that you pluck your eye out or cut your hand off." and enter into eternal life than to continue in sin and lose eternal life. This just wrecked a whole bunch of doctrine that people depend on. But listen, you cannot live any way you want to live and receive eternal life. Hello? Now, you read the book. If God... If God, the Bible says if God did not spare the angels in heaven but cut them off whenever they disobeyed and his very own people, Israel, cut off. Who do you think you are? You understand? Well, I'm God's friend. I'm his. Jesus said if you, call me my, if you call me a friend, you'll do what I say. If you say you love me, you do what I say. This is so hard. My goodness. Everybody say, but it's good. It's amazing what you can do whenever you realize the repercussions of your actions. My dad, after 30, 40 years of smoking, could, I mean, two, three-pack-a-day smoker, I mean, he just could not. He'd wake up in the morning smoking, go, go to bed smoking. He could not quit smoking. Then the doctor split him open, took this lung, said, Mr. Anglin, said, listen, You've got cancer. We just had to remove your lung. And, the only re and, and everybody who has ever had this kind of cancer is a smoker. You've got, you, you lost your lung because you smoke. If you, want to, if you want to stay alive, 
And if you want to uh, have your other lung, you need to quit smoking. It was amazing. My dad, who could not quit smoking for anything, quit cold turkey that day. Never touched him again until he went home to be with the Lord. Right? What am I saying here? When we realize the repercussions of our actions, we will change our decisions. When we realize the repercussions of our actions, we will begin to change our decisions. Amen? I'm not saying you stumbled and fell one time, or I'm not saying you just went, I mean, caught off guard and you, and you let something slip or you did whatever. Listen, the Bible says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen? Listen, if we say we have no sin, we lie. And the truth is not in us, 1 John 1, 9. He said, but, he said, he said, he is faithful and just. If we'll confess our sins, God, I'm sorry, I was wrong. You're right. God, help me. I'm walking away. And, repentant, and repentance and confessing includes turning away from the action of doing that. Praise the Lord. Let me give you something else, okay? If you can, ha can I, I trust you can have. Listen, this is the good news. Angels, whenever you work with God, they work for you. Amen? Everybody say, whenever I work with God, angels work for me. Whenever I work against God, angels work against me. It's a two edged sword, folks. Do you understand? Angels are not just some kind of, you know, fat babies that fly around with wings bringing blessings. They're mighty armies of God. Numbers chapter 22, verse 22. And I'll just tell you this. This morning the Lord woke me up real early and changed my entire message. He loves us so much. He does not want us to miss it. Amen? He does not want destruction to come to you. He wants, he wants his blessing. He wants his protection. He wants his peace. He wants his empowerment to work strong on your behalf. He wills that none perish, but that all receive eternal life. But the truth of the matter is, unless you turn, you will perish. Did you see what he said in the book of Hebrews? If we sin willfully if we continue in sin that grace may bound god forbid numbers 22 22 then god's anger was aroused because he this is balaam went and the angel of the lord took his stand in the way as an adversary against him balaam was a prophet of god how many sees that god wants his people to walk righteous. Amen? We don't become righteous because of how we walk. We become righteous because of the blood of Jesus Christ, his finished work on the cross. That's how we become children of God. As children of God, it is our responsibility to walk in righteousness amen this has not been taught enough in the church amen and that's why so many people are defeated so many people are destroyed and they and they call God on it they're like God why didn't you do something God's like I've been trying to I've been bringing conviction I've been bringing messages I've been bringing this I've been bringing that but you wouldn't listen you wouldn't turn now devastation's coming because you wouldn't heed the warnings. Amen? What about every hurricane that's ever happened? There's always those, no, no, I've been through stuff like this before. I can handle it. I've been through something else. I'm, and you find them floating somewhere. Listen, we need to take heed the warnings of God. Amen? I believe God has you here this morning 
because he knows you can handle this. Amen? And it's your responsibility to not only receive it and respond to it, but then to repeat it to others. Amen? Because others who are just living any way they want to, go, the Bible says even in the last day, even the very elite's going to be deceived. We've got to get this word out. Numbers 22, 22. Then God's anger. God's what? Aroused against who? Balaam. Was aroused because of Balaam. Went and the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as an adversary against him. And he was riding on his donkey. You guys remember the story. And his two servants were with him. Verse 23. Now the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way by the, by, with a sword drawn in his hand. And the donkey turned aside out of the way and went into the field. So Balaam struck the donkey. He said, boy, get back in line. Then uh, to turn her back onto the road, verse 24. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the vineyards with a wall on this side and a wall on that side. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pushed herself against the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So Balaam struck her again. Verse 26, then the angel of the Lord. How many sees the angel of the Lord was trying to stop him from what he was doing? Then the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was, where there was no way to turn either right or left. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam. And so Balaam in anger arose, beat, struck the donkey with his staff. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey. And she said to Balaam, what have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? And Balaam said to the donkey, because you have abused me. Balaam was so full of pride and arrogance, he didn't even realize the donkey was talking to him. His anger and his pride and his arrogance was getting the best of him. And bless God, I'm going to do whatever I want to do and you're just going to do it with me. Do you see this? And Balaam said to the donkey, because you have abused me, I wish there was, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. What have I done these three times in verse 29? And Balaam said to the donkey, because you have abused me. Now it's all the donkey's fault. Because you have abused me, I wish, Balaam says, I wish there were a sword in my hand, for now I would kill you. So the donkey said to Balaam, am I not your donkey, which you have ridden ever since I became yours to this day? Have I ever disposed to, you, to do this to you? In other words, have I ever done this to you before? And he said, no. <laughs> then the eyes, then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes. And he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his, with, his, with his drawn sword in his hand. And he bowed his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why have you struck your donkey these three times? He says, Behold, I have come out to stand against you because your way is what? Perverse before me. The donkey saw me and turned aside from me these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, surely I would also have what? I'd have killed you by now and let her live. I know this is a tough message, but is it in God's book? Huh? Is it something that we need to heed? Amen? Listen, you can't just do whatever you want to and say God's got me. God's going to cover it. I'm blessed. Cannot be cursed. If you're walking in disobedience to God, you're not blessed. You hear me? If we obey God and do what he says, his angels will go before us and defeat our adversaries. But if we don't walk in obedience, this is, this is crazy. We become the enemy. And the angel of the Lord comes against us. Well, Jessica, if you could come and minister to the Lord.
Folks, uh, this right here, this is a word from the Lord. We don't know the day or the hour that He's coming again. We don't know the day or the hour whenever we're going to depart from this life and go to be with Him. Amen? We don't know what's around the next corner of our lives. Amen? But what we, God says, listen, if you will hearken unto me and to follow me and do my will, let me be your God. Quit trying to be your God. Amen? Whatever he says, goes. If he says no, that means no. And no means no to you too. Amen? If he says this is what I want you to do, that means you too. Amen? Because, see, God wants to deliver us safely into our glorious future. Amen? He wants to deliver us safely into our glorious future. He wants the angels of God that He has put in our lives to bless us. But, see, if we're walking, do you, do you get the picture here this morning? If we're walking against God, in other words, doing our own will and not His will, then the angels of God are against us. And they can take out a whole lot of folks right quick, okay? If God gives them the go. They're sitting on G, waiting on O. They can do that for you or against you. Everybody say, our God is awesome. He is worthy of reverence and all of my praise. Exodus 23 and verse 20, it says, Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way, to bring you into the place which I have prepared. See, God wants us to be blessed. He wants to lead us right into our glorious future. He says, listen, I have sent I send an angel before you to keep you in the way, to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him. Obey his voice. Do not provoke him, for he will not pardon your transgressions. See, God's strong in mercy. The angels are like, I'm going to kill him. For For my name is in him. Verse 22. But if you indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. See, the Lord of hosts will go before you. There will none be able to stand before you all the days of your life. I don't care what you've got or what you have or where you come from. Glory to God. I guess we made a, made a statement there, didn't we? Explanation for her. Exclamation. Verse 23, for my angel will go before you and bring you into the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. I will cut them off. Everybody say cancer. Can't touch this whenever I'm walking in God's will. Poverty. Can't touch this. Depression. Can't touch this. Strife. Can't touch this. Rebellion. Can't touch this. Sickness, can't touch this when I'm walking in obedience. Amen? Hallelujah. God wants us to walk in obedience to His will, to follow His command. Why? So He can go before us. I mean, a running back looks real good whenever they got some linemen blowing out the defensive line. I could run behind some of those, my gracious. Amen? You got to have some angels blowing out the enemies. Because you can't stand against your enemies by yourself. They're bigger than you. But God's got some strong angels. He's already, he's already commissioned for you. For my angel will go before you, verse 23, and bring you into the, into the Amorites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. You shall not bow down to their gods nor serve them nor, according, nor do according to their works, but you shall utterly overthrow them and completely break down their sacred pillars. Anything that's trying to lead you astray, you overthrow it. You completely break it down. Utterly annihilate it. Do you hear me? 
I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about sin. Are you with me? You realize it's going it, because it wants to steal your soul. Verse 25. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I'll take sickness away from the midst of you, and no one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. I'm going to share this last scripture because, listen, angels are neither for you nor against you. Angels are for the Lord. You hear me? Angels ain't taking sides for you or against you. It ain't about you. It's about the Lord of hosts. They're not, they're not for, because, listen, angels are neither for us nor against us. They are for God. Joshua. This is the last scripture, I promise. This is my third closing. Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. And it shall come to pass, when Joshua was by, was by Jericho, and it came to pass, when Joshua was, was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked. Behold, there stood a man over against him with a sword drawn in his hand. Who do you think that was? An angel. These I'll never forget one time, I, I, years and years ago, 1988, I guess it was, there was this lady, painted a picture. She was a great artist, a, a great painter, all this kind of stuff, painted a beautiful picture of this angel just re reclining on this rock and his sword laid over here all pretty to the side like this right here. And she said, Pastor Allen, I want to present this to you. I believe this is your angel. And I said, I, look, I took one look at it. I said, it's a pretty picture, but it's showing my angel. It offended her. I said, I thank you for the picture. I said, but it's not my angel. I said, my angel stands before me against my adversaries. He's got a sword drawn. He said, you better get away from that boy. You better get, that's, my, that's my boy. You better get away from him. You hearing me? Because angels are everywhere. You think nobody's looking? <laughs> Give me a break. Hello? Angels are God's eyes. They got eyes all around their head. They got every listen, they got wings, they're everywhere. They can get anywhere quick, fast. They're strong. Whew, let me keep moving. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes up and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him, and he says, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay. In other words, neither. But as, the cap but as captain of the host of the Lord, I am now come. Angels aren't for you or against you, Therefore, the captain of the host, the Lord God Almighty. If you are for him, they are for you. If you are against him, they are against you. And Joshua fell on his face and did worship and said to him, What saith my Lord unto, my, unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot. The place where on thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Listen, whenever we hear the word of the Lord, we need, to re we need to respond right then. Amen? Every head bowed and every eye closed. This morning, if you're here and you're saying, Pastor Allen, you know what? I really don't know that I know that I know that I'm saved, that I have received eternal life. But I won't. To receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and as my Savior, I want to make Him my life. I want to give Him my life. I want to receive His life. It's only through Him that we receive forgiveness of sins through His shed blood at Calvary. As every head's bowed and every eye's closed, you're saying, Pastor Allen, I've never received Jesus Christ. I don't know where I'm going to go whenever I leave this earth. But I want to receive Jesus today. Raise it up high all over this place. Yes, all over this. Are there more? All over this. Yes, are there more? All over this place. Raise it high. 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You can let it down now. We're going to pray in just a minute, but I'm going to ask some. I'm going to ask everybody else another question here. Listen, is there some areas of your life that your donkey has been trying to get you to stop, trying to get you to stay to curve away from doing that, and you have been getting angry because that's what you want to do? Bless God, I'm going to do what I want to do, how I want to do it. That's you. Raise your hand up all over this, and you're saying, Pastor, I'm repenting today. I'm going to repent, I'm going to turn away from that, and I'm going to turn to God in that, and I'm going to receive His forgiveness, His cleansing, and I'm not going to frustrate His grace any longer in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's everybody stand. There's been those of you who, who have responded saying, I need Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. All of us. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, eternal separation from God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. He said, I will in no wise cast you out. You come unto me, I'm not going to tell you, no, you're not good enough. He said, come unto me, all you who are weak and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And many of us, and we're going to pray, let's, let's just pray together. Let's all just lift our hands. If you, if you raised your hand and received Jesus Christ as your very first time, or maybe you're just coming back to the Lord, say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is your only begotten Son. The sacrifice that he made on the cross through his shed blood is full payment for all of my sin. I receive you, Lord Jesus, as my Lord, as my Savior, and I will follow you all the days of my life. And when I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. I will come out from among them and be separate and be holy unto God with all my whole soul, mind, will, spirit, and emotions. All that I am belongs to you, God. I give you me. I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. And listen, there are many, there are many who have been walking in willful sin, not walking away from it, walking in it. I'll just tell you right now, you're treading on scary ground. You hear me? You're treading on scary ground. I don't want anything. And this is no threat. This is just God's Word. Has He done it before? Yeah. We need to reverence Him. Because as you go out of here today, there's a scripture you need to have. Psalm 34, 7. Psalm 34, 7. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and deliver them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints. For there is no want to those who fear him. Amen. We need to walk in a holy reverence towards God every day of our life, everywhere we go, and make sure all of our decisions, all of our actions, all of our choices are done in the reverence and the fear of God. Do you think it would make a difference in how we live? Yeah. And guess what? 
This is part of his promise. The angel of the Lord encamps round about you. He's going before you. He's clearing everything out. And he's going to deliver you into that place that Jesus said, that abundant life. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love you so much. And Father, thank you for this day. Father, thank you for loving us so much to not leave us the way we are. Father, help, thank you, Father, for helping us by telling us the truth. And Lord, we just respond. Father, just like a baby, just like a child that's just got a good whooping. We love you, Father. We love you. Thank you for loving us so much that you tell us what we need to know, not what we want to know. What we need to do, not what we want to do. And Father, we just ask your blessing over each and every one as we go forth from this place. Father, may you go before us. Father, we thank you that you've seen hearts change this morning. Father, you've seen decisions made. So, Father, I make a declaration. And everybody, everybody, everybody who agrees, let's say this, Mr. Heavenly Father, I declare that I will walk in your way. I will do your will, not my will. And as I do, you are going before me. You're making crooked ways straight. Rough places smooth. The angel of the Lord is going before me leading me safely into my glorious future. In Jesus' name, I'll go there healed, I'll go there safe, and I'll go there wanting nothing. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God.